Let us pray. Precious Father, we thank you this morning. We are so grateful, Lord, for your love. And Lord, the more we see you, the more our hearts delight in who you are, in your love and your care and your grace and your mercy towards us. Thank you, Father, for helping us to understand that you are not withholding anything from us. Thank you, Father, for opening our eyes to see your heart. And we pray this morning, Lord, may we continue to see your heart for us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father, King of Glory, that by the help of your Spirit will come to a tangible, everyday living reality and manifestation of not just our identity, but enjoying the fullness of everything that you have done for us, everything that salvation has made available from us, that we will not miss to drink consistently from the wells of salvation. Grace upon grace upon grace, shalom, peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. The freedom that can only come by your power and your grace, Lord, may it be our portion. May it saturate everything that is us, through us, and with us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We are the blessing. And whatever we are, Father, we manifest the blessing. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. Thank you for reassuring us of our identity, who we are, that we are your sons. Blessed Redeemer, we thank you this morning. Thank you, Father, for everything. We give you praise and we give you glory. And we acknowledge this morning every good thing that we have, that you have made available in us because of Christ. We acknowledge that you have deposited in us everything that we will ever need for this life and godliness. And Father, we trust your spirit to walk us through as this deposit becomes our reality, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you, precious Father. You are an amazing Father. Thank you for all that you have done. We give you the praise, Lord. We give you all the glory. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And everybody said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Remember, beloved, Jesus looked at them and he says to them, Matthew chapter 11 verse 28, he says to them, Come unto me, all you that labor, all you that are heavy laden. He said, Come to me and I will give you rest. I love the translations that says, Come and I will refresh your life. He said, Come. Take a walk with me. Walk with me. And let me show you how I do it. He says, I am gentle and I'm humble. He says, come. In other words, come and learn the flow of life from me. Come and discover the flow of the supernatural life with me. Come and see a life of dominance. Come and see how I make it work. The message translation calls it the unforced redeems of grace. The unforced redeems of grace think about our friend that's what christ offers us the unforced rhythms of grace beloved this is the invitation this is what christ said to them and again we've been studying the book of hebrews chapter 4 
that also explains this rest. Again, the call Jesus was making to the Jews of his day was the same call the Spirit of God through the writer of Hebrews was extending again to the same set of people, telling them, hey, look, drop the bondages of religion, drop the chains of religion, and then take a deep breath and come into the manifestation of this faith rest life where I am your rest. And you know what? This reality was demonstrated in several ways. Number one was in the book of Genesis where the Bible says that on the seventh day, God rested. And because he rested, he declared it a Sabbath rest. Now watch this. The Jews were so consistent to enforce the physical Sabbath that when they saw the real Sabbath rest, which is Christ, they denied him. And it will make sense now why Jesus walked on the Sabbath. In fact, that was against the culture, the tradition, the rituals of the Jews. You could not walk on Sabbath because it was a day of rest. Friends, again, today, it's not so different. Religion focuses on the physical things that they cannot see the reality that is staring in their face. The reality is here. Christ, the reality, the rest that we are looking for, the heaven that we are looking for, the fullness that we are looking for, is here. And yet, they cannot see it. In fact, it's easier for outsiders to see the religious people. The righteousness that we are striving to get, it's here, manifested to us, free of charge. They fight and they quarrel against it. Have you seen, friend, that it is the same thing? And so, the book of Hebrews chapter 4 begins by telling them, please, let us not repeat again the failure of those who have gone before us. Let us not follow their example of disobedience. And when the Bible talks about disobedience there, it is unbelief. They doubted. Don't forget, they were on the journey. But the journey became so terrible and tough to the point that the generation that left Egypt never made it to the promised land. Don't forget that all the people who saw the physical miracle of the Red Sea, they never made it to the promised land. Let me remind you again, the people who witnessed the miracle of the Red Sea, none of them made it to the promised land. They died off in the wilderness. Why? because of unbelief. Don't forget, they were on the journey. Many of us have been on this journey of faith, but we have not really discovered the reality that is called Christ. And this is why God himself is raising voices to help us see the heart of the Father so that we can come into that rest that is in his heart, that we can see him the way he wants us to see him and then come to enjoy the fullness of what he has done for us. Friend, don't forget, I've mentioned, none of this will make sense to you until your eyes really open to see God as your father, as your heavenly father, not your tormentor, not your judge, not the one who is condemning you. No, no father, even earthly fathers, even earthly parents, no matter how 
terrible your children behave, you don't want to condemn them. You can be angry. You can be frustrated because you are human. You have limited knowledge. You have limited understanding. You have limited resources. You can get frustrated. You can even disown them. But deep down inside your heart, there's still love for them. The worst, what you will never do is to condemn them. That is us humans. Friends, this simplicity of the gospel is where the power that transforms your life comes from. Using the heart of a baby to accept the reality of this. Friend, remember, I'm not saying what you know in your head. I'm saying what is in your heart. This is a truth that needs to be in your heart. In other words, it must go from message, knowledge, words to become life in your heart that means that's how you see yourself that's how you see god when you want to think about god that's how you think about him when you want to relate with god that's how you relate and suddenly you see that your actions your characters your passions your drive and your desire starts to change why because he has come home to you in the church here we've been using the bible study sections every sunday morning to deal with the issue of salvation why is that because there are so many false conversions. People were told all kinds of stuff. And then if your conversion is based on falsehood, then the fruit will be the same thing. And so we've been going back over and over again to again re-establish what it means that a man is actually born again. Beloved, don't forget, don't forget, it's God who began all this from the beginning. It's God who designed this. Don't forget that, beloved. He's the one who designed this. And whatever comes from God is good. Whatever comes from God is perfect. It cannot be evil. How can salvation become so terrible? How can salvation become a burden? How can salvation become what brings consistent fear and sorrow to you? Does it even make sense at all? Friend, that is not the will of God for us. He has invited us and he began this year reminding us, inviting us back again to this place of rest. This January, that's all we've talked about. Coming back to this place of rest where we can take a deep breath and it settles down completely. Why? Because we're beginning to see his heart for us. Praise God. Amen and amen. The Bible calls it in the TPT here, Hebrews chapter 4, the faith rest life a life of rest that is by faith not by works not by labor not by your struggle not by your effort now to tell you how far away we went from god to tell you how far away religion took us away from god you know when we say this today they even mock us they say look at them they are saying you don't have to do anything christ has done everything for you they even mock us with that they laugh at us they say, look at these people. They say, well, you don't have to do anything. Christ has done all things for you. Look at them. They are mocking the truth of the gospel. If Christ has not done all things for me, why will he say it is finished? If Christ did it half and half, he failed in his work. But beloved, let me remind you this morning one more time. The salvation you and I received is eternal salvation from end to end. The one who saved you and I is capable to keep you and I saved 
and saved. Nothing missing, nothing broken. His will for us is to rest in what he has done. His will for us is to take his own righteousness. Instead of struggling to establish our own righteousness, we simply receive his own righteousness. For he has sanctified us. He has kept us apart. He has made us holy. He has brought us into himself so that who he is is who we are. As simple as a child's faith. If you can look at Christ and say to yourself, who he is is who I am. Friend, you come to a place of rest. This morning, I'm going to continue Hebrews chapter 4. Before I do, let me remind you, if you watched on Saturday, on Monday, and then today, we've been reading the same chapter 4 of Hebrews. Chapter 4 of Hebrews. And we've literally gone line by line, verse by verse. That is very important. Watch this. If you follow these messages, you will understand that you can see how the scripture lines up correctly. Now, I'm saying this because most of the errors that was made was because people went and they picked out a verse of the scripture out of context. And many times when they do that, it's because they are not reading the Bible. They are only looking for a reference to confirm what they already believed or what they have already accepted. So they are literally going to the Bible to pull out a reference. So they are using the Bible as a reference to confirm or to prove what they believe. No, the Bible is the other way. We, we go into the Bible and let the Bible teach us. And the better way to do that is to go line by line, verse by verse. So today, I will continue again from verse number 12. It says, For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, meaning it's all effective. The word of God is all effective. Watch what it says. And it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit bone and marrow meet and what does it do it interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart beloved remember i've said to you many times it is not about what you do mainly it's about your heart why is that god is spirit what he's working with and where he's looking is what's going on in our heart. Friend, religion focuses on activities. Religion focuses on rituals, not mainly your heart. And anything that you do that does not transform your heart has not really changed you. You see, that's what the Bible is saying to us here. Hey, look, we have the word of God and that word, and that word is so powerful, is so effective that it can go deep down to unveil the secret motives. What is pulling you? What is it that is driving you? How are you making decisions? What is it that you are chasing? This thing you are doing, why are you doing it? What is the motivation behind? I've asked you guys this question over and over again. And by the grace of God, that's what the word is doing for us to help us reconcile so that we are pure and cleansed from the inside. Don't forget, with God, it's not about what you do. It's about why you're doing it. Do you want me to prove that to you? Read verse number 13. You know what it says? There is not one person who can hide their thoughts from God. 
for nothing that we do remains a secret and nothing created is concealed but everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes to whom we must render an account friend don't forget god is our father he sees the heart he knows the heart he knows the thoughts so that is why don't forget i want to remind you again religion focuses on activities and rituals not really the heart it's about your quantity of prayer not actually what is driving those prayers it's quantity of everything not the quality of it it's about what you have done what you can do not why you are doing it and beloved and this is how i handle people so from now on not just for ourselves but for others ask yourself why am i doing this what is it that's driving me why am i upset why am i angry why am i fearing and as you see yourself let the holy spirit come in and help you understand because there are things you need to understand about yourself that frees you for example during the clinic last thursday the question we asked was this when you think about yourself what value do you see what, what do you see about yourself? Forget about what anybody has said. But you, when you think about yourself, what do you see? Do you even think about who am I? When you ask yourself this question, who really am I? What do you think about? What do you see? Again, like we concluded, and you know it's true. What you see comes from what society has said to you. Culture has said to you. Tradition has said to you. Religion has said to you. Your failures, your experiences, all this put together is how you define yourself. But you see, let the word of God come in, deep down into your heart, into your soul, into your spirit, and then cleanse out the lies so that your eyes can open to see truly who you are in Christ, what he has made us. And you know what? As your thoughts center on this, over and over and over and over again i've said this over and over you don't have to struggle to bear the fruit friends you don't have to strive to bear the fruit faith comes from deep in your heart love comes from deep in your heart contentment comes from deep in your heart giving becomes a part of who you are all the fruits of the spirit become activated why as we center our thoughts on that which is spiritual as we center our thoughts on our spiritual reality on our spiritual identity as we zero in our minds on who we are in christ how do we do that who christ is is who you are friends and then suddenly you start to experience the bible calls it here the coming place of my rest the bible calls it the coming place of my rest Beloved, I pray that your eyes will see this. I pray that you will understand it. I pray that it will become your reality. I pray that this is the reality that you and I live on every day. I pray that this is our tangible, everyday living reality in the name of Jesus. And like I said, you don't have to strive to prove anything to anybody because suddenly those around you will start to notice that there's some change about you, something different. You're becoming a new you. And all this is by the power of the Holy Ghost, not because you are striving. Friend, don't forget, I've said this over and over. In God, we are not called to strive. We are called to rest. 
let me repeat, in God, that is, by what Christ has called us to do, we are not called to striving. We are not called to struggling. No, we are called into the place of rest. So let me conclude this morning by asking you this question. Where and where in your life are you still struggling? Where and where in your life are you still striving? Can you identify? Can you look at yourself? Can you meditate? Can you think and ask yourself, which areas of my life am I still striving? Am I still struggling? When you see that, and then you start to see what is the answer? Who is Christ in that area of your life? Who is Christ in that area of your life? If it's in your health, what do you do? Who is Christ in that area of your life? What does Christ represent? And as you think, as you meditate on that, you begin to come to a place of rest in that place. And then the power of God is activated. Don't forget, friend, we are not to strive. We are not to force. We are not to struggle. We are not to wrestle. No. We come to a place of rest in Him. That is how we come to a place of rest in Him and allow His power to flow. Amen and amen. I'm going to stop here and I'll come back tomorrow again with another episode. As this healing continues, as the Spirit of God continues to transform you and I from within, what an amazing journey it's been. And thank you guys for the feedbacks. Thank you for the testimonies. Thank you for the support. Again, I covet your prayers and I covet your partnership more so as we forward the messages more and more. Let us walk together as we beam this light of Christ to the darkness in the world, as we bring his peace to the troubles in the world, as we release his grace, which the world needs more than anything. Please, beloved, the best you can do, the highest you can do for God is to come into his rest. I implore you to enjoy the fullness of this rest. And remember, this morning you have been served. Shalom.